Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word, which we hear with joy this morning, is from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Many years ago, I received a phone call from a man who was trying to sell me a vacation package in Florida. And it sounded like a pretty good deal. It sounded like a fun time. I asked him some questions. I was talking to my brother. But I really didn't want to make a decision right then. I wanted to sleep on it. So I asked if I could call him back the next day. Nope. I asked if he could call me back the next day. Nope. I asked if he could just call me back a little later that day. Nope. I was on the phone with him probably 45 minutes. It was a long conversation. But the end, in the end, I told him, well, if you're not going to let me think about it, then there's probably something shady going on here, and I, I don't want to do it. Not all salesmen, of course, are immoral. Some of them are good people who are just trying to help you out and have a good product to sell. But there are many who will say just about anything to convince you to buy what they're selling. Satan was the world's first and greatest, and still is, sleazy salesman, isn't he? He will say anything to convince you to buy what he's selling. Our text reminds us that Satan is more cunning than any beast of the field. Now, it's not hard to be more cunning than a cow or a dog. But God's word wants us to understand something more than that, doesn't it? 
and wants us to understand that Satan is far more cunning than we are also. And we see that in the text. He knows how to push our buttons. He knows how to say the right thing to entice us to give in to his temptations. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11.3, I fear... I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. I fear for you, said Paul, because I know how good Satan is at what he does. I know how he can make the most sinful thing seem like a good idea. Satan will say anything to convince us to buy what he is selling. And we like to think that as good Christians, we know the difference. That we can stand up to Satan. Just like we like to think that we can get the, the best of, a, of even of a good salesman. The fact is, we can't. And we don't. Satan is really good at selling us death. God, of course... Is not like Satan. He doesn't use clever tactics. He doesn't embellish the truth to make it more appealing. When God speaks to us, he tells us the simple, honest truth. Consider some of the things God says in Genesis chapter 3. He says to the woman, and to Adam and the woman, on the day that you eat of it, you shall die. There's no making it more appealing there, is there? After, the sin, after they sin, he says to the woman, you will have pain, you will suffer in childbirth. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. To the man, he says, you will toil and sweat all the days of your life. There's no embellishment. It's the simple, honest truth. Not only does God not embellish the truth, not only does he not try to make it more appealing, he doesn't even sugarcoat it at all. This is how it's going to be. Because God tells us the truth, his word is often far less appealing than what Satan has to say. Satan, Satan's word and Satan's promises sound like happiness, like he says to Eve, like knowledge, like a good life. Whereas God tells us, in this world you will have sorrow. You will toil and sweat. But God wants to build something lasting. He's not giving us empty promises. He's giving us the truth. Six, more than six years ago, <clears throat> before uh, uh, Vanessa and I came here to Marquezan, we were looking to buy a car. And our choices came down to, at one point, our choices came down to really two. One of them had all the bells and whistles of the the, the whole roof was a sunroof. Uh, they had really nice stereo, right? The, the touch screen where you could plug your phone into. Not only were the seats heated, the seats were air-conditioned, too. They, you could blow cool air right through the seat uh, in the summer. But the customer reviews, the quality of the car was very much lacking. The other one, not a very good stereo. No touch screen. No air-conditioned seats. No sunroof but quality, something that was going to last. I'll be honest, I was very tempted by that sunroom. I liked that. 
But in the end, we went with the thing that would last. Satan sold Eve a car that had all the bells and whistles that looked very appealing, but it wasn't going to last even a day. God wants to build something that will last for eternity. He wants to return to us that tree of life that grew in the garden, which we lost in our sin. He wants us to bring, to bring us back to that. Immediately after buying death from Satan, that dream fell apart right away. We see that in our text, don't we? Adam and Eve were ashamed. They were hiding from God. They were lying to one another. They were blaming one another. The dream of knowledge and wisdom and prosperity and happiness that Satan had paid for them came to nothing. God's word is far less appealing, but it doesn't have the terrible after effects. It doesn't fall apart as soon as we drive it off the lot. So how do we tell the difference? How do we watch out for the sleazy lies of Satan? Well, Paul gives us a really good clue in that passage we already read. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, he says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. The simplicity of God's truth. We can't beat Satan when it comes to craftiness. And God doesn't even try. It's not how he works. But Satan can't beat God when it comes to the simple, honest truth. God's word is truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. In order to avoid Satan's sleazy tactics, all we have to do is apply that simple truth of God's word. For example... When it comes to the way that we speak, is the thing we're saying something that we would say to the person's face? If we're talking about another person, would we be embarrassed if they overheard us? If so, we probably shouldn't be saying it. Satan makes talking about other people seem like a good thing. He makes it seem like a thing that proves how clever and smart we are. Look what I know about this other person. But God's word shows us the simple truth that it doesn't make us smart and clever. It makes us mean and ugly. James 3.8 No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Or another example. When it comes to anger towards one another. Am I being honest about my sin? Again, Satan makes anger look like an appealing thing, like an excuse for us to sin and to get even. They deserve it, he says to us. But God's simple, honest truth reveals that at the heart of our anger is usually our own sin and not another's. Now, when we're honest with ourselves, we find our own failing and our anger is simply a way to, to cover what we've done wrong. James 1.20 for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Or another example, when it comes to confession. In our text, we see God calling Adam and Eve to come out of hiding, to come into the open and honestly confess their sin. Satan would love to convince us that it's better to keep our sin hidden. After all, no one knows. We don't, they don't need to know. 
We don't need to talk about it. Why should we, why should we confess? God's word calls on us to confess our trespasses to one another and pray for one another. The simple truth of God's word asks us to consider, did I sin? Not, did another sin more than me, and that justifies my sin. Did I sin? And if I've sinned against my spouse, my brother, my friend, my brother or sister in Christ, go and confess. If I apologize, and receive forgiveness. If I've sinned against myself or against God, go and confess to the pastor. Hiding sins sounds so much more appealing. It sounds so much better, but it's like hiding rust on a car or termites in a house. It's only going to go get worse. It's only going to spread sin and, and disease. Confess your trespasses to one another. In 2 Corinthians, when Paul speaks about the, that simplicity that is in Christ, however, he's talking about something even simpler, an even simpler truth than these examples we've been talking about, isn't he? He's alluding to the fact that Jesus came and died for our sins. After Adam and Eve sinned, as soon as they bought Satan's product, they regretted it immediately. As soon as they drove the car off the, off the lot, so to speak, they wanted to return it. But, of course, Satan doesn't take returns. He doesn't give refunds. Yet God, in his grace and his mercy, came down and promised to buy death from Adam and Eve. To take on that debt. To buy them back, to redeem them. In Genesis 3.15, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He promises to send a Savior to deliver us from that death that we bought from Satan, to restore us to that eternal life, to give back to us that tree of life. This is the simple truth that Paul is referring to in 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen. The simple truth that despite our great sin, we can live forever before God because of the death of his son, our Savior. This is the simple truth that above all else Satan would desire to take away from us. He will say anything to convince you that you don't need Christ. He will tell you, oh, that's for kids. He will tell you, well, you already learned all that. You already know all that. You don't need to keep reading God's Word or keep coming to church to visit with Jesus as we heard about in our children's sermon. He will tell you heaven and hell don't exist. He will tell you God doesn't exist. He will tell you He Himself does not exist. He will tell you anything. They convince you that you don't need Jesus. But the simple truth of God's Word is that God gives us life through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all the cunning craftiness of Satan's lies cannot change and cannot take away that gift that is ours because he died for us. The honest, simple truth of God is Christ Jesus. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.